Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. The coronavirus shutdown has caused many business owners to be put in a position where they must question their survival. Today on the Spent the Rent podcast, we are joined by the owner of Salon Palooza, a nail salon in Eugene, Oregon that opened its doors a mere weeks before the shutdown. Coming up next, COVID-19 and cosmetology with Laura Workman Mater. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is the owner-operator of Salon Palooza, Laura Workman Mater. Did I say that right? Yeah. Mater. I, so you recently got married. How long ago? Uh, 2017. Okay. We've been well, together since 2013. It's been quite a few years since you and I have really talked. A uh, little backstory. We both were at the same time. We were at uh, Springfield College of Beauty. Mm-hmm. What is that? 20 years ago now. Yeah. It's it's kind of hard to believe, but we also grew up together, I think, all the way through from middle school on. You went mm-hmm. to Hamlin, correct? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't go to Hamlin. I went to Springfield for a little bit. Okay, so then it was from high school, from ninth grade yeah. on. So we've known each other for 25 years now, which is insane, or 24, <laughs> 25 years. I know. <laughs> Cheers. Right, right, right. So thanks for doing this. Uh, it's This is really cool because we're going to talk about, you know, uh, your salon and how that came together and then what we're dealing with currently in the in the coronavirus situation. So let's start off. You tell us a little bit about Salon Palooza, what it is you do, how it came to be, you know, you know, tell us about that. Sure. Uh, well, most people already know that I've been in the industry for quite a while. You know, uh, I'd been just an independent contractor at a bunch of different salons. Uh, I moved into, actually, we moved from Eugene to Portland. I stopped doing nails completely, came back, rebuilt my clientele. In the location that I was at, I worked out a thing with the owner where I ended up taking over that location and basically grew Palooza from there on. Um, the name, name is kind of like a play on Lollapalooza. Right. Lollapalooza, yeah. Um, and I just kind of stuck and I went with it. Um, so this right go right before Thanksgiving, I ended up finding this location. Uh, I worked for several months to secure it. Um, it was a lot of work. Uh, I took most of February and put it together. Um, I spent a lot of money. I bet. Pretty much everything. And it's beautiful, and I'm very proud of it. Um, I do think that if I can maintain it, it'll be a location we'll be in for a very long time. Um, but right now, everything's so uncertain. Yeah. I, uh, I have a lot invested um, 
and I'm kind of in a sweet spot with my landlord where I don't really have to pay a whole lot of rent. Um, it's part of how we negotiated the first couple of months of our contract. So I put in the floors and that basically comped me for a couple of months. Oh, that's but good. Yeah. It's coming so that to had an nothing, end. nothing to do with the shutdown. That was kind of, you know, it's like when you buy a house, your first 90 days, sometimes there's a deal that you'll work out or when you so I'm sure it's the same with the business. So that makes sense. That was exactly it. Now, and where's so the, where's the salon? So, so fortunate in that situation, but it's not going to last for much longer. Um, and I'm going to have to start paying rent soon. Yeah. Where is the uh, salon located at? Uh, it's in the parking lot on West 11th and Bailey Hill, right next to Lowe's. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. So I've been following, uh, a little bit on Facebook, you know, as of you breaking ground and putting the flooring down and posted pictures of, I think you had said the comment was, uh, everything starting to find its place. And it was like the washer and dryer and all that good stuff. Yeah. How many people work in the, in the shop? Oh gosh. Uh, I think. Well, just before the shutdown, we had added another person. So I think we're at six. Um, and I feel pretty good about my team. I think we're pretty cohesive. Uh, but we've only been open for a month. Yeah, uh, that's, actually, the, that's the hardest thing. Yeah, we opened on March 1st. And then I, ha I stopped working on March 13th. Wow. Yeah, so you were even ahead of the curve. We closed Campus Barbershop the 16th was the last day. I mean, we closed in the morning. So technically... It was, I guess, kind of the Friday before that. But yeah, we were kind of proactive. We were ahead of the curve before the the executive order 20-12. You know, we were like, I don't know. I mean, especially when I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast that we're on campus. And so we have such an international presence and people that travel every single day. We talk to people that are traveling in and out of the country and all over the country. And that was like, that gave us a lot of pause. And then a lot of our customers are from China and they've told us, they've been telling us this for months that, that this is no joke, you know? And I don't know. I mean, it, I, it's just, it's became so real and we're going to get into that in a bit, but it's, it's scary. So in your situation, not to talk too much business end of it, but typically for people that are unaware, uh, when you work in a, in cosmetology, you lease your station. Is that how you guys do it? Or do you, yeah. Okay. So everybody pays a monthly or a weekly rate to, you know, to, to take care of their chair. And this is where it gets tricky for business owners because during the shutdown, they still have to pay the bills just like yeah. a mortgage or rent or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, and I'm sure with, with your business, it's really hard for you to assume that people will continue to pay when they literally had no time to establish you know, to get it off the ground. And how can I ask them to pay for something that they don't use with the salons closed? Right. And yeah. I haven't confirmed this, but I've been hearing rumors that if you're caught working, uh, you could be looking at uh, fines, loss of ability to work, jail time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they've said things about how the police that are enforcing the social distancing, and this is separate than the business end of it. And we'll get to the business end in a second, but at first they're going to educate and they're going to try to be cautious. But I think that when you make an agreement with the health licensing office, you know, that if there's any hiccup or whatnot, you have to take that serious. And, you know, I, I've, I've posted a few things that I've removed from Facebook about that, about people reaching out and asking you know, can you cut my hair at home? And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, like it's painful when people ask me that because I want to, but the reality is I just can't, I can't ethically, I can't 
you know, it's unprofessional and it's the, the risk, you know, and, and what you do uh, now with nail salons, sanitation is paramount. I mean, more than any other business. Now, now with, with barbershops, of course it's important, but in nail salons, that's where the health licensing office, how often do they come and check on if it's frequent, right? <laughs> well, I guess it depends. Uh, I've gone years without being inspected. Sure. Uh, but then I've also been inspected a couple of years in a row. They're, right. I think but they that, try to keep you on your toes. Yeah. And that's good. And not that this is, I mean, both of our shops, we take pride in living at a code. You know, you keep it clean, you keep it all sanitized and whatnot. But nail salons, there's so much risk. Absolutely. And so, and so you know, there's a lot, we learn all about that in school. And so, yeah, like you said, the the health licensing office will pop in. But yeah, and I when it comes to keep this- I tried to keep the salon uh, ready for them at any point. Like we, we had the inspector walk in a couple months ago at the old location. And I just said, have a look around. Let me know if you need anything. And I think he was really surprised that I wasn't trying to rush or stop him from looking at things. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things when you take pride in it and you keep up on it every single day, it doesn't come as a, it's just part of the deal. You're like, you work with them, you know? So, yeah. So, uh, you know, what do you think? I mean, how long do you think that this is going to last? I mean, it's so hard to know. Well, I mean, if I'm going to be completely realistic, I think it could last the rest of the year. Um, and when I say that, like my heart sinks. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you, we wanted to talk about tips. Now I know that people have reached out to you and you get these weird, uh, you know, 90% of people understand our clients are incredible people and we're, they're not just our customers. They're our friends. Mm -hmm. And so many people have been super supportive, have reached out and said like, you know, I miss you. And it's not even about the haircut. Like I've had people (laughs) message me that are like, I just miss my routine of coming and talking to you, you know? Yeah. But then there's a few people that I haven't talked to in years that message me and they're like, oh yeah, this person cuts hair. Can you, uh, can you hit me? You know, can I come to your house? And have you gotten any of that? Uh, Absolutely. But I think a lot of my folks are under the same impression that it's not worth the risk. Um, I talk to them about what's, I talk to them about the kinds of risks that are in the daily routine of being in this industry anyway. So I think when I tell them that, being too close and sharing a bug that could kill any one of us is too risky. The, yeah. They don't really question it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and, and for people to want to come into your home too, it's like, you know, oh, I, have yeah. a, I have a family, you know, we have kids and, and I don't, I don't know. I have a dog. Well, yeah, she's incredibly yeah. friendly. She's big. <laughs> she's big. She we're, is. Actually, we're actually puppy sitting. I have a little dog too. She's two years old. And we, the neighbor, uh, had to go out of town. And so we're puppy sitting her little puppy and I thought you got a new puppy for a second. So you're just babysitting or just, puppy sitting. just, just having little play dates with my dog, but my dog has been pretty funny about it. She's, she's getting a little jealous cause that dog is adorable. <laughs> you saw the post on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, it, when you, when we think about how long this could happen, one of my biggest fears is that. I don't want to sound selfish or, or whatever, but is that everything's going to start opening up and then they're going to come to us last, you know, you know, like they're going to be like, okay, everything, but cosmetology can open up, you know, you can go to a restaurant because we have such physical contact. That is true. I guess I think about that, but I also think about the fact that 
people want, they want this interaction. They want these services. That's why our industry is so strong. Sure. So I do think that if we're reasonable, reasonable about our prices in conjunction with the amount of money that they may or may not have, we're totally going to get it back quickly. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, what is it? It hurts when you hear the word like unessential. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and especially because we do different things in cosmetology, haircuts and, and nails. And because now a lot of what you do is uh, acrylic nails, but a lot of it is not. A lot of it is natural nails, correct? It's just sure, I do a lot of pedicures. Um, yeah. And I do, I would say that of the nail industry, pedicures are probably the most crucial because it's a lot of things that most people can't do on their own. Yeah. Or if they've gotten to the point that they can't do it on their own because they're older, they're stiff, it, their toenails probably are not in good condition and they need a little bit more care anyway, or they're diabetic. So I would say those are pretty essential. But as far as like having uh, nail enhancements, I mean, unless you actually have a nail injury, no, they're not really. It's not essential, but you know what I mean? It, it still stings to hear, you know, from an, oh, from yeah. the, cause we take so much pride in what we do. Yeah. And so when, when they say it's unessential and yeah, that's right now, I mean, I guess in a sense, seeing people's Facebook posts, just so much seeing people like I need a haircut so bad yeah. you know? and it just kind of, <laughs> and it's like, I, I want to do it, you know, but you can't, you just can't, no. but it definitely makes me realize that what I do has value. And, and we're talking about the actual uh, procedure of cutting hair, doing nails, but, mm-hmm. but the element of being, you know, I don't know the right term, but being someone's comfort zone and being something, a part of their routine and that they look forward to now with you, you have bio, you know, you see people every other week, probably every two yeah, weeks. Yeah. I, I have people that come into me every two to three weeks. Um, and, and that is really frequent. I am very much a part of their every day. Um, and, and if they try to push their appointments out, it usually results in their nails coming off. So most people don't want to. Yeah, they schedule their appointment when they have their current one, or it's just already set in stone almost. Some of it's probably oh, I would say, I would say that 75% of my clientele is all standing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, every second Thursday or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, for us, we do walk-ins, you know, and we've kept it that way because we're on campus. And that's the thing I miss the most is that I go to work every day and I have no idea who's going to walk through the door, you know? And there's some routine that you can start to see uh, a lot of times you'll look at the waiting room. I'm like, weren't you guys sitting next to each other a month ago? <laughs> you know, like they're on the <laughs> same schedule. But gosh, it's incredible. And I just miss the interaction that I get to have every day with people. And like I said, on campus, people all over the world. I mean, I have had, I've built so many strong relationships with people from Iran, with people from China, with people from Saudi Arabia, you know, and in a barbershop, one of the last places that you can actually talk openly about everything, you know, and so I'm sure nail salon, I can't even imagine what you guys talk about. Yeah. But it's such a beautiful thing because we get to kind of be ourselves and social media that does not work. And it's, I mean, social media is pulling people so far apart and I'm guilty of being snarky and all that stuff. And everybody knows that, but it's, uh, it's just, I miss that so much. And I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that I didn't, like you had said that you had left the field, you had left cosmetology for a while and came back to it because it's, there's nothing that can give you that reward. Oh um, no. You know, and, so and you, the, the job I was doing in Portland was incredibly rewarding. I got to be a bra fitter, which is oddly essential. 
Uh, I can see it. I mean, that's one thing about my career path being a barber. And then when I was in beauty school, it takes a real man to talk about going to beauty school. But, but uh, I learned a ton about what it is for women, the, the, what it entails and just kind of behind the scenes. And yes, I understand, <laughs> I understand the significance of, you know, finding a bra that fits by the right size. I mean, it's, it can change your entire day. You well, know? I think that one of the hard parts about being a woman is that we, we come in so many different shapes and sizes right. and variations and a bra is kind of a one size fits most kind of situation. And so it's, it's almost like magic sometimes like, right. haha, this works. It's a puzzle. It fits. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, and then the sizing too. I mean, cause for my pants are like size 38 period. That's the end of yeah. that's the end, end of story, Fair. you know? And then if it, it's sometimes like if I eat too many donuts, then I just have to like, you know, loosen up the belt. That's about it. Oh, <laughs> then you talk about brands. I mean, brands, right. all they all fit differently. The and arbitrary number for women, the size 18 to a size zero, it means nothing. You know, yeah. you know it means nothing. They're guidelines. Yeah. But uh, uh, so you had talked about leaving and doing different things and you had mentioned briefly Whitebird, but you wanted to talk a little bit more about crisis training and how this has kind of prepared you to deal with what you're dealing with today. Absolutely. I would say that before I started volunteering at Whitebird, I, my coping skills were minimal. And when I, when I started there and volunteering and working around people who had true mental illness, I realized where I was on the scale. And I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to not have to be like heavily medicated or need to have a counselor at all times. And there are a lot of folks that really need that. And I can only sure. imagine what they're going through right now. Um, but I mean, I'm still sitting here in my apartment with nothing to do. I mean, right. other than just the basics. Um, and after a while, like coping skills just go right out the window. Right. There's no distractions, you know, and that's, that's yeah. kind of why I've continued to do this. And I was so grateful when I reached out to you that you were like, absolutely. It took you no time to can even think about if you were willing to do this interview that I just... There's just so many different people. There's no way I could get to everybody. But one of the ways that I get my guests booked is Facebook because I just follow people's posts. And then you had popped into my head because I was like, wait a minute, she just opened a salon and she's now being smacked in the face by this reality that she, it's like everything came together. Now you would, like you had said, you had already owned one, but this is your baby because, yeah. because Laura Palooza is your social media profile, right? That's what yeah. you've used in the past. So that's a play on Lollapalooza. And I, I mean, this is your baby. This is you. And I've, I've followed from afar through social media, especially your career, because like we're the same graduating class. I graduated from South. You were from Springfield. We're doing our 20 year. Actually, this is, I haven't even thought about this. August 1st, it's supposed to be our yeah. 20 year high school reunion. Is that going to happen? I was wondering about that this morning, the same, I, who knows? Maybe it'll yeah, happen we'll like just, this. We'll just have to wait another 20 years to hang out with those stupid people. But, <laughs> but no, no, but I was really looking forward to it. And even though I graduated from a different high school, the kids that we grew up with, you know, we haven't gone very far, but as far as uh, proximity, we're still in Lane County, all of us, a lot of us, but there's such a camaraderie among that class because none of us were extremely wealthy, you know? Right. And so there was, there was this kind of all-inclusive behavior, especially now. When you watch the, the crew that we grew up with on social media, there's so much crossover. And I'm like, how are these people being cordial with these people, you know? And all the right. high school drama is gone, you know? And, and everybody's well, just proud of each other. Friends. 
Yeah, it's pretty wild. But yeah, that's something that we're coming up on our 20 year high school reunion. And and I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, August is so up in the air. I mean, that's so far away now. But, I was yeah. really looking forward to it for sure. Me too. And hopefully it'll still happen. And uh, maybe it'll be a Zoom meeting with 250 people. <laughs> I don't know how that would happen. It's like our yearbook, like each little, right. you know, that would be funny actually. But so, <laughs> so uh, you said you were just kind of doing uh, everyday things at home, trying to keep yourself busy. What are some of the things that you've started doing that are new? Well, I decided a couple of days ago that I wanted to move my, I had this yoga trapeze swing that I've got hung in a door frame because um, at that, this point it's the safest place to have it. So I got a wild hair a couple of days ago and wanted to see if I could install it into my ceiling. Um, so there I am with my hand up trying to find a stud in the ceiling and I can't really find a good viable stud. So I've probably got about 10 holes in the ceiling. Nice. I got to go patch those. I can definitely relate. It's when I, when we bought our house and I hung my TV mounted some different things, I definitely am a cut first measure second kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's not, it's not a good thing, but yeah, for me, I've been trying to do these, these podcasts and man, I've been, I've been noticing a lot of my friends are now kind of like, Hey man, you want to play games on PlayStation? <laughs> you know, we're pushing mm-hmm. 40. Not that, that that's, I mean, anybody play video games, do whatever you want, never grow up. But, but it's funny, the availability, like people are like talking about building online dynasties on sports games. That's so much of an investment, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, cause what we, else are you going to do though? Yeah. Yeah. And red dead redemption. I got on that yesterday, which that game I recommend <laughs> real quick, weird side note. But it's so therapeutic and calming to me because a lot of the time you can just chill. I what happened? This is so off the point, but uh, I watched that movie What's a, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he and Leonardo DiCaprio's character plays in westerns. He's an actor mm-hmm. that is in westerns, and I was like, man, I gotta fire up that game again, just because I thought about how serene that world is in in like westerns, you know. And so that game is a beautifully crafted game and it's kind of therapeutic to do so i don't know that's that's what i was doing yesterday is literally playing video games because you just have to find some escape and keep your brain busy and honestly video games are pretty great my husband is a pretty big gamer he blew through that last year right uh red dead and it was i actually really enjoyed watching him play it yeah Um, the story was unbelievable yeah yeah, um, there's been a couple of other ones that he's gotten into, and I'm just totally blanking on the names. But when they're really good art and really deep storylines, he'll play them. I got to say something. The fact that you just said that you liked watching your husband play a video game, <laughs> he's going to have to keep you forever because oh, yeah. that is an incredible thing. Right. Well, everybody's got their thing, you know, and that kind of comes back to another some, some of the things that we don't do while we're doing this. We don't drink. Yeah. You don't drink. No, I've been sober for four years and honestly, every day, it's funny because when you've gone through that battle, every little success, like, uh, you know, my football team lost and I stayed sober (laughs) or whatever it is. (laughs) What my point is, is that this is a a monumental, uh, hiccup in life, you know? And so this is something I could see people kind of run into the bottle and yeah, I have no desire to drink none because I'm not trying to escape my everyday life. I'm just trying to find ways to be occupied at this point, you know? And that took me a long time to get there for sure, but it's a good feeling. And that's something that that's keeping me sane. You talked about mental health. 
mm-hmm. the reason that I drank so much and even dabbled with drugs, I'll be the first to admit it, is that I had struggled with depression and I was trying to escape that. And, you know, where I've came over, you know, from overcoming that, and it's a day by day process. It's not like you're ever just completely in the clear, but that has given me the strength to get through this. And I completely relate to you on the mental health element. I don't take medication. And like you had said before, there's so many people that need that. And I respect that. We did an episode on that and you had told me off air that you had listened to that. And I encourage anybody to check that out because Sarah Wap, Wap, Sarah Schofield, uh, we talked about what, what to do during a shutdown as far as your mental health. And it's so tough right now. And I really think that these Zoom interactions, even if people aren't recording it like we are, I think that if people download that app so that they can have face-to-face interactions with their buddies, I think it's really important. You know, just, yeah. I mean, well, that's, why, that's why I jumped on this as soon as you had messaged me. Like, of course I want to talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine, like you said, because in an apartment setting, it's got to be tough too, because I don't know how close proximity you are to everybody you talked about in your apartment. Yeah. Like, can you imagine New York? I mean, they're on top of each other and that's why it's such a huge problem. Absolutely. And, and we are fortunate enough to have you know, a two bedroom place where my husband and I can actually go away from each other. Sure. Um, but I know some people are living in small studios, um, multiple people. Yeah. Multiple generations. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, and, go ahead. And they're broke. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out. If there'll be a second stimulus now, not to get too into your personal stuff, the SBA stuff, the small business oh, yeah. loans. I mean, for someone like you, it's tricky the way that it's worded because, you know, with independent contractors, one of the agreements that the way that I've understood it, maybe you have a different understanding, but the small business loans, the way that you can make it become a grant is if you continue paying their salaries, like your employees, if you keep paying them. Well, that's impossible yeah. for us. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because we don't like- I don't for, take a paycheck. Right. Well, but you don't pay your employees. It doesn't work that way. They essentially have their own business inside of your business. Mm -hmm. So that makes it really tricky to understand. And then uh, how I had mentioned before about one of my fears is that everything's going to go back except for us. Like we're going to be the last, one of the last people to be allowed to go back to work. Is unemployment going to compensate some of that? It's really tricky. I do. I definitely do not. I'm not allowing my mind to rely on unemployment coming at some time because that's not something that for one, I didn't pay into it. So if it does, if it does happen, it's a straight up relief. It's like disaster relief that I never expected, but it's such a nightmare. I mean, I've read stories of people being online or are calling hitting redial over and over and over again, which honestly is, is an issue because they're going to contact you when they're ready for you. And so people need to kind of back up and let them do their job. But I did talk to a guy from the workforce from workforce, which is a subsidy or part of unemployment. And he said that they're being trained to now step into the unemployment role. So they're going to have more numbers and they're starting to get through it. And so what a, what a nightmare. That is really crazy. So I did apply for the SBA. Um, I figured why not? Uh, I would love to have the money. It would certainly help, but I've also been following several salon pages yes. and people are three weeks in waiting. And her heard nothing. Yeah, I've heard nothing either. And I, I applied as well. And I did you encourage your uh, contractors that work with you? Oh yeah, yeah. So everyone, yes. you know, I say I apply know. for anything you can. 
Yeah. And then just see, because the worst <laughs> that could happen is you'll get denied, you know, or whatever. I mean, it, and then we're in the same position we were. And like you said, we have nothing but time. So at least you get something busy. I had messed with Uber Eats and doing that stuff. And I signed up for Grubhub. Now I just pr- went through the process of signing up for Grubhub and I'm not sure if I'm going to do it because of the risks, but if this continues for a year, I'm going to have no choice. You know, Right. And that's kind of what I was talking with my husband about this morning. I said, when do I go get a job? When do I go apply at Fred Meyer? Yeah. And it's a question that you almost look at it as not just about the income, but also of service to be of service mm-hmm. to people, because what can I do that is essential? Yeah. What can I do that can help? You know, because we're relatively young and relatively healthy. I don't know. I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't seen your, your checkups. <laughs> Pretty healthy. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? There's a point where you're like, maybe I should be helping and I want to do more because one of the ways yeah. that we deal with our mental health is by helping mm-hmm. others. And so, yeah, that's something that's been on my mind as well. Is like, what but then you I also wonder help? too, is, is helping, is, is helping the best way by just getting out of the way? Like, yeah, by, by, yeah, by keeping our distance. It's such a tough yeah. thing. It is because I definitely have people in my clientele that I'm concerned about. They're older. They've got uh, autoimmune issues. Um, you know, they're all over the, the place, but I don't want to take a chance of getting them sick. Yeah, I, no, not at all. And that's why, it. and you know, it sounds like you shut down a week, a full week before the actual executive order. Yeah. And so how did, tell me about how that went down. What was your, what was your thinking of why you're like, I'm going to do this. Because at that time, you didn't, we didn't really think it was going to be forced upon us necessarily. I mean, this stuff happens so fast. Right. What was your um, yeah, I definitely saw it rising on Facebook. Uh, and, and I'm fortunate enough that my husband pays a lot of attention to the news, all the different news sites. Um, and he warned me. He says, something's coming and you should, you should be following the guidelines. And so I just listened. Yeah. Um, and then sure enough, everybody else started closing down around me. Um, I'm seeing some businesses that are still open, but they're, it's like a ghost town out there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. And sometimes, I mean, we all have to go grocery shopping and do different things that, you know, I try to, we try to make sure that we do it every other week, every, every two weeks we'll go, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's really the only space we have to store stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's four of us and my, my kid, my stepsons are teenagers, 19 and 17. So, I mean, we go through food, you know? So yeah. And you also need space. It's not like you can just be piled on top of each other. No, exactly. So we, like you said, we are fortunate enough to where everybody has their own rooms and, and whatnot. And, but, and they haven't, they don't leave them, but that, that, that's normal. <laughs> that's normal for teenagers. I think I can't talk shit because I've literally been in this room for probably 10 or 10 to 15 hours a day. Yeah, for three, for three weeks straight. I don't even know what day it is. I think it's Thursday, the ninth. I'm pretty sure. I thought uh, yesterday was Thursday. Um, so I I did not get ready ahead of time, but I uh, nice. I definitely had a, a moment of like, wait, what day is it? Right. Yeah, because I've been scheduling these every other day. So uh, we're gonna wrap this up, but I do have one coming up on Saturday that's gonna be really cool. I'm gonna be sitting down with Chris Wig, who is uh on the Springfield city council, which is going to be really neat. Cause I'm going to ask him some of the things where to turn for information on the shutdown for us locally. And oh, totally. one of the things that's good and some silver linings is that we're getting access to local government that I think is really important. Everybody focuses so much on the president and on 
presidential campaigns, well, there's still an election happening locally and we do mail-in votes and that's been controversial, talked about on you know national state stage. Mm-hmm. We already have established and it works really well. There's not a lot of voter fraud or if any. And so there's still elections going on for Congress and for you know city council and for mayor in Springfield. Do you live in Eugene or Springfield? Eugene. Okay. Oh, you hold your now then, huh? No. <laughs> it's funny how the two towns have flipped. You know, Springfield is going in such a great direction. And that's another thing that when I originally booked him, that's what I wanted to talk to him about was mm-hmm. what is the secret with Springfield? Why it's going in such a good direction? And I think, I mean, it has so, there's so many different factors and it's not fair to compare Springfield and Eugene because there's such different scale. You know, I would but, just say that probably flexibility. I would say in a lot of the things that Eugene won't do, Springfield might. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's a different demographic mm-hmm. completely, but yeah. You know, so r- one thing I wanted to touch on briefly before we get out of here is gift certificates. Different businesses are doing that. Is there mm-hmm. a way, what, what is it that you encourage right now? So in the show notes of this, we're going to put a link to your Facebook page. And mm-hmm. I noticed that on Google, if you, if you Google your business salon Palooza, that it takes you to the Facebook page. So that's your primary website, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And you can totally message us through there. Um, and then going into the shutdown, I stayed in pretty heavy contact with my ladies and have asked them how they want to handle things. Um, I think that some are offering gift certificates. And actually, I would say probably everybody's willing to offer a gift certificate. Because why not? I'm not sure. going to say no to money. Right. Um, so I would say that if you're interested in doing a gift certificate, send us a message. We'll get you in contact with the person and we'll work it out. Yeah. So there's nothing set in place. And, you know, we had talked about this a little bit off air. Sometimes the gift certificates, like you said, if, if you want to buy them, we can make it happen. But it's something that, yes, it's nice to have an advance. But at the same time, then when the time comes, you're like, if everybody floods me with that one day and you need it. Because what people don't understand about being an independent contractor or gig worker and all these different terms that people are talking about is that we make money daily and budget mm-hmm. our lives based on that day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so difficult to put, to wrap my head around how this is all going to work out because I'm like, I have, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I was fortunate enough because I was planning a trip to Ireland that I was socking money away. Totally. And, and so we were fortunate enough that I'm able to get through another month. And then with the stimulus check, I can get through another month hopefully roughly. And that outside of that, I don't know. I mean, I can't see a shutdown of a full year without them doing something to compensate. Right. Well, and that kind of concerns me too. Like if we're shut down, at what point do people just start saying, fuck it, (laughs) I'm leaving, I'm going out, I'm going to do my life. Yeah, here too. And I mean, I hate to say it, but like me included, at what point do I say, "Mm, I don't know. But at what point do I say that? Do I say, you know, I got to go to the beach, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. man. Right. This is or, tough. Or I want to go hang out with somebody. I want to feel some sort of normalcy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I do think that the shutdown could last a little while. And I do think that the government will have to step in in some way. Um, but I think the people are going to start getting real restless. I don't think that the year, the end of the year, I think that's, I think that's, more excessive than I would predict. And predictions mean really nothing. I'm, I'm looking at more the middle of June oh. is when I think that we're going to be going back. I'd Honestly, like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like it tomorrow. But, but I, I think through May, 
and then June, I think they're going to start rolling stuff back. I, I do because I think that we've done, we've done our jobs here in Oregon. And one of the things with Kate Brown sending ventilators to New York, that was a really good sign for us that we're not, you know, we're not needing them currently. I mean, there's a bunch being, there's a whole process, but that was a, a vote of confidence. Now I know that Oregon isn't going to rush in opening it up, opening it up, you know, so it could look, that's where it's going to get questionable because it could look like things are starting to kind of, the curve is starting to head down and then mm-hmm. people are like, when like open it, open it, open it, you know? And so I don't know. It's like kids on Christmas morning or something. Uh, can I, can I? Yeah. Well, Laura, this is really cool. And I encourage anybody listening to go to Salon Palooza on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's really an honor to have you on. And my heart aches for you right now because I know that you had just gotten off the ground and uh, I hope that you can survive this. You know. Me too. Me and, too. I know. I know. <laughs> you you got the tissues ready and we, we made it through without water work. So I won't I won't lay it on too thick. But I definitely I want to see you you know survive this and thrive. And I believe that you will. And but you know, and it's hard to I say that because sometimes some days are harder than others. And sometimes when people are like, you'll get through this, you're like, that's downplaying what I'm going through. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can definitely feel it right now, but I do. I am optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're in good spirits and, yeah. and ah, this is wild, but we'll have a big bash once we finally can all get together. Hopefully <laughs> for, hopefully our, our, our high school reunion happens. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to end this with a song. Oh, one note real quick. I wanted to say, if you're listening to this and you want to support the podcast, you can go to strpod.com slash sponsors and you can see that there's some business sponsors, but there's also individual sponsors. And what individual sponsors are friends that make a, a small, either one-time or monthly donation, any amount. It can be small. It doesn't matter. And that, that's what continues to make me or to allow me to do this show and buy new equipment if need be and kind of keep up the speed. Obviously, you can see the quality of my webcam needs to be improved. But uh, so go to strpod.com slash sponsors. And if, you, if you're an individual sponsor, I'll throw your picture up on the, on the podcast. So that's cool. And then I want to give a shout out to my title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro. Oregon Cashflow Pro is giving money, free money management advice. You know where to go, oregoncashflowpro.com. We're going to end this with a song called Surviving You by Samantha Schaffner, uh, a.k.a. Sam Girl. And I thought the, it's, it's, it's a love song, but I thought it was fitting, for, you know, just about survival. <laughs> and so different context. But uh, yeah, so this is uh, Samantha Schaffner, a.k.a. Sam Girl with Surviving You. Laura, thanks a lot. Thank you. There's no denying when your feelings get to fading. It gets fucked up I'm back and forth Pushing, shove, missing The person that you love That's got you fucked up It gets a little complicated With your toothbrush in its place So now you fucked up And maybe I loved you for Chase, but if my day so quick with pace and got the time to see it through, I'm not living, baby. I'm surviving you.
It's been months of this routine Relying more upon our dreams To fix what's fucked up And now the bed we used to sleep in Becomes a war zone on the weekends When you fucked up No, it's not always what it seems And even the love from movie screens They get fucked up Quick to stop a hard to end Losing love in your best friend Flashing lights fade to blue And I'm not living, baby I'm surviving you No longer a show 